good evening well thank you for joining us we're going to spend the next few minutes just sorting ourselves out and getting um everybody on oh i have ruth hi ruth lovely okay um do you want to request let me see i think i might be able to make you uh co-host there you go send co-host invite hopefully you'll be able to to um be a co-host soon can you hear me now oh no hang on let me just uh do that one again uh invite co-host okay so ruth i'm just inviting you to co-host okay right uh let me just cancel that a second right good evening Elizabeth. how are you oh, hi there ruth thanks for joining me right i've got that one sorted <laughs> okay um are you having a good week so far yeah so far so good we've had an inset day today so i've had i've got all sorts of Ooh. things done but none of them are things i had planned of course but a meeting with the librarians about our book forthcoming next year's book awards so that's always nice that's brilliant okay i can see that i've got emma and julie on can i ask you emma and julie to um request to speak and then i'll invite you in that's all I need you to do. Okay, I have one request, so I'm just going to do that. Hopefully. Okay, hopefully I've got Emma. Hi, yeah, can you hear me? Lovely, we can, that's perfect. Okay, Great. so I just need Julie to do the same. Okay, we've got Julie. Uh, I'm just going to accept her. There we go. Hopefully Julie will be joining us any second. And then we'll crack on. Fantastic. Okay, Julie, can you speak? Do you want to unmute yourself and just test it? You just need to unmute yourself. Hi, everyone. It's Hi. Julie. Hi. Hi. I'm sorry. I have um, I have really bad hay fever at the moment, so I'm um, I'm not sounding my best. But um, but very. That's perfect. We can we can we can hear you. Excited to be good. here. <laughs> it's lovely that's that you can join us. Before. Okay. That's good. It's 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 fairly well. I guess it's fairly new to us these days. We've done it. Me and Ruth have been doing it for about a year now. So so does that class us as experts? I'm not quite so sure. But anyway, we will crack on. Um, good evening, everybody. It's Library Staff Love Learning. We are going to be talking this evening about um, uh, collaborative inquiry. The question that we posed was, do teachers have time for this? And I'm absolutely delighted that we have um, Emma Wallace, who is a school librarian, and June, Julie Greenoff, um, who is a teacher on with us tonight, who have actually done a fantastic collaboration that if you have been following anything to do with Fossil, um, you will have seen the brilliant write-up that, that they have um, given us that shows us how they walked through this. Tonight is going to be about how we engage our teachers with inquiry, how the collaboration works between a teacher and a librarian, and, and whether inquiry is the, is the thing that is, um, is what students need, needs 
these days. So I'm going to start off. Um, if, if anybody wants to join in the conversation, as always, you just need to request to speak. Um, if you're not speaking and you want to jump in, then, then there's some icons at the bottom of your screen. Just raise your hand and I will invite you back in. Um, for those of you that are just listening, then as always, we'd like to see um, little icons of appreciation. So if we say something funny, please send us a, a laughy face. If you've liked what we've said, then heart or 100% is, is also good. Um, you know, if you do have any questions and you aren't able to speak because you're not on your phone, then we do use the Twitter hashtag um, LS. LLTS, which is Library Staff Love Learning Twitter Spaces. Right, that's the um, the admin ever for this evening. Um, Ruth, tell me, do you have you ever done a collaborative inquiry within the school that you work in? Um, no, not in the sense that I can see it could work. You know, I desperately, desperately try. Um, and and make that collaboration with the staff and they're all enthusiastic but actually trying to find the time to sit down to either change a scheme of work that they've got to amend it to fit inquiry in or to you know write something new together just never seems to happen and it's one of the great frustrations of my job is that you know it seems such a natural fit where an IB school and IB is all about inquiry but actually to to get involved in it seems to be nigh on impossible. So I'm fascinated to hear how it's been done this evening. So I must admit for myself, um, I have done some collaborative inquiries with the schools that I've worked with in the past. Um, it's taken a lot of hard work. Um, and I don't think, although we did use Fossil, it hasn't been as structured as Fossil. I had the idea that it, I was fossilizing it um but but we hadn't quite got to the stage that um fossil was embedded um you know we know that uh daryl and Jen jenny turian are, are currently at blanchland currently embedding fossil within the whole curriculum which is which is amazing um but i too ruth would really like to hear from emma and julie how their collaboration took off and and how it has been for them so can we start with with emma um and just invite you in to talk about you know where inquiry started within your school and as you as the librarian how did you how did you start with just general inquiries and and the second question really is how did you um move on to to creating such a one, wonderful fossil um collaboration Hi, thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Emma Wallace and I am the school librarian at St. Benedict School, which is in uh, West London. And I work with uh, Dr. Julie Greenhoff there as an English teacher. Um, and um, so, well, I thought maybe I'd just give a background um, as to my first sort of uh, introduction to inquiry. I went to a meeting at um, Oakham School and uh, Jenny and Daryl Turin, who uh, both worked there at the time, they there was a Haleybury group librarians meeting in the summer of 2019. And they uh, introduced me to inquiry based learning and fossil. And I was so inspired by everything I saw. I went straight straight back to school and I um, was telling everybody about this 
model and um I really was enthused by it but I you know just how could I how was I going to actually be able to get this um up and running within school and then Elizabeth I went on one of your training courses which was a bit um later on I think that was actually the day before we went into lockdown in March 2020. You're right it is and I remember calling you suddenly realizing that you were librarian Wallace and you laughed and said you couldn't believe that I had recognize your twitter name and your real name <laughs> yeah that's it uh came to life our actual uh, twitter conversations <laughs> and profile. um anyway carry on <laughs> yeah so um i sort of got more understanding from your course and then of course we went into lockdown and there hasn't really been a time since then until this year that i thought right i really have time to do this and I've got time because it really does take quite a considerable amount of time to get up and running and I guess the main thing is you need someone to do it with for it to be success successful and um, Julie was the obvious and first person I asked because we have collaborated together um, quite a lot on um, many other projects so uh, as EPQ Centre Coordinator, which is um, Julie's other position, position and role, we um, work together on developing a digital resource collection, so expanding that and also both um, teaching the, some of the taught element uh, lessons where skills were taught. And um, we also work together as uh, library lessons I ran through um, English. So we had uh, many sort of meetings through that. And um, so Julie was the most obvious teacher to ask. And I approached her at the beginning of this year and said, how do you think we could run this? What would be a good way of running an inquiry project? And um, all the things I'd read online were start really small because it's a big thing to do you know getting inquiry embedded is a difficult thing so we just um, discussed a appropriate curriculum unit that it could be run through and um, decided that it would be a year eight class and it would be um, the English uh, curriculum which was on Shakespeare at that time and they were studying much ado about nothing and um, Julie suggested that masks and masquerade there's a masquerade ball in much ado that has lots of really great themes to explore around um, identity and um, hiding behind literal and metaphorical masks and we thought that would be a good way of uh, sort of a good theme to run an inquiry around and um, so we agreed on that and there's also thinking about Shakespeare the students study that throughout their years at school so those themes would be applicable in other years as they move through school so in year nine they study Romeo and Juliet and there's a masquerade ball in that and also um, some of the sixth form texts that they study ha have the sort of themes around masks and masquerade so it would be uh, useful for the, for the the knowledge developed through um, the inquiry would be useful for them in other years and uh, so it was really an initial meeting and I obviously Fossil was kind of the most obvious framework to use because I had been introduced to it already even though there are other inquiry frameworks which could have been used um, and I visited the Fossil website and there is loads of great free resources on there to download and help 
you with your planning and there's an initial inquiry planning form which I used and we met Julie and I had an initial meeting and sort of planned out how the collaboration would work and what the how many lessons we would have and um, how we would what kind of skills would be needed and what subject content would be needed and I think that's one of the key things with inquiry is that you need both um, curriculum sub subject content as well as the information literacy skills and as a librarian I've always really struggled to find a, a, a opportune moment to teach information literacy skills in um, schools because in, in lessons because it's always been sort of that bolt-on and students don't quite understand what how this is applicable to their other subjects and um, so this was a really great opportunity to tie in curriculum uh, content with actual skills and and do both together so that's uh, the basics so that's the sort of beginning if that's uh, just an introduction absolutely that's brilliant um Emma so so when you were when you were planning to do an inquiry did, did did so I'm going to bring Julie in were you did had you had the opportunity before um Emma suggested this inquiry to to work with Emma in any other way can you explain your relationship a little bit with her about about you know we know we hear a lot that teachers are you know they're, they're very busy we know they are so so <laughs> how did you find the time why did you find the time um, so, um, my training is as a secondary school teacher of English, um, but I've also for the past 10 years, I've been the head of the extended project qualification. And so uh, I think, I think both of those things underpin my professional relationship with, with Emma. I think I'm a, a kind of wannabe librarian as well. And, um, we kind of have had almost like a kind of meeting of minds on a number of things. She has been um, fundamental in developing the e-resources for the library. I think a lot of people think that the library is the physical space in school and don't appreciate what else we have. And so we've worked together using her professional skills on lots of things to sort of um, tackle things like misinformation, disinformation, fake news. Those are things that we've worked together with the extended project qualification. Um, and so when she came and asked me about this particular fossil framework, although I didn't know a lot of the detail about it, I was aware of it. And I was really keen that we could give the pupils an opportunity to do that because Elizabeth, it's interesting that, that the title of this is Do Teachers Have Time for This? The short answer is no, we don't. Because in secondary schools, we're, we're, we're subject focused and it's very, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's very heavy towards what we have to teach, what we have to deliver in inverted commas to students to get them through national exams. And that has been even more pressurised sort of during and post a pandemic because the students have missed quite a lot of schooling time. So the easy fit was to find a key stage three class, hence year eight, because it was also um, 
we, Emma and I both knew that class because we'd both had them uh, for the library lessons and I taught them English in year seven. So one thing I would say is that you, you need to have a class that you know with pupils who are going to be open and willing to do this. Um, and it took Emma and I, I, I think it would be fair to say, Emma, wouldn't it? It took us out of our respective comfort zones um, because we have the fortnightly library lessons as part of their English curriculum. That's timetabled. And Emma then teaches them uh, critical digital literacy library skills. But we hadn't done this. We haven't done this before. And I had to take a bit of a back seat and not be the teacher. And Emma had to step forward and be a bit more of the teacher. So we had to basically revise after each fortnightly session. Once we'd agreed on the, the topic area, that, that seemed quite natural to do with masks and masquerades. But to be honest with you, I didn't really know what was going to happen. We had absolutely no idea. Um, and but what was and that's one of the things that you don't have a lot of in school as a teacher. We don't have the time to be creative. We don't have the time to be flexible. We don't have the time to be innovative. It's all kind of push, push, push towards exams, really. Yeah. So can I can I ask Julie then then what made you think that this was important enough for you to give up some of your precious time to do this um several reasons one the needs of the pupil the needs of the pupil at the moment are absolutely paramount and i don't believe that we should be teaching to the test all the time i think that's quite detrimental to the pupil's um, emotional well-being um, and so i that's why i thought i know this class and and i'd like them to have the opportunity um, and also because I trusted Emma. I trusted her um, as a colleague and as a librarian. Um, and even though I didn't know what might happen at the end, I thought it was really good that the, that the pupils had the opportunity to do this. And I wanted to, I wanted to see the fossil framework in action. You know, Emma and I have worked together a lot on the extended project qualification, but I wanted to see um, ha what what would happen, basically, what would happen. And, and I don't want to give too much away, um, but it was transformative. I, re I mean, I'll say that hand on heart. It was absolutely transformative. I wouldn't hesitate to do it again. I think this is how more teaching should be in schools. There so, we go. So between you then if I come back to Emma then do you do you you know Julie Julie said that that um you had to learn or she had to let you take the reins sometimes so presumably that was with the skills part of the of the teaching um I, I you know the times that I have ever had to do or or done um co-teaching and, and done it well was when the teacher was fully invested. We've all been in those positions where the teacher has sort of sat back and and done, you know, sat marking their, their books while you take the class. But when we're talking about proper co-teaching, it, it just makes a difference to the librarian as well as to the teacher. Emma, did you find that, that your teaching skills increased 
because of your collaboration between yourself and Julie do you reckon um I would say massively yes the the thing with this is that I actually I did the skills teaching and we did um some uh research skills investigating and looking at we actually just looked at one because we only had four lessons really for this inquiry so um you know they're 50 minute lessons it's not that much time so there was only really one lesson where I really focused on teaching the information literacy skills and that was um we had one website which was the VNA website and students had to um, use different search terms to find a quality image which they would then uh, summarize the information that they found on the VNA website so rather than just say google this you know find an image and they all do the same thing I thought I'd be really uh, specific because we didn't have that much time um, so that was the skills side of the lesson but I actually did the subject so I led all the lessons and Julie was it, these were all in the library as well which kind of create changed the atmosphere to a traditional academic classroom where you know they're all facing the board this was a different space and I think they responded well to that so they knew it was a more creative kind of lesson Julie was sitting with the students whereas I actually taught the I so, so I led all four lessons and um, but it was very much a sort of collaboration in the lesson because we I didn't know where how it was going to go where it was going to go what I found challenging was I didn't know what their knowledge levels were specifically of the Shakespeare curriculum so I was kind of bouncing off Julie within the lesson like oh do you think this is do they have this should we set this as, as homework and whilst I'd ask them a question you get them thinking and writing in their workbook and um, that I found very hard because you have to be adaptive to what they know and their knowledge because part of inquiry is find out what they already know. So you've got to ask them their base level of knowledge on masks and, and masquerade. And um, I found that hard to adapt. And I, Julie, we, I've, we've talked about this, how actually teachers, that's a skill of being a teacher. And I guess as a librarian, I haven't got such uh, in-depth um, skill base uh, around that I'm used to teaching uh, information literacy skills I've done that a lot but I haven't taught the subject content before so I found that hard um, but it was a really a great experience and I really felt like this is contributing towards what they need to know um, and I felt embedded within the curriculum which was really great. Uh, absolutely it's, it sounds amazing it, it sounds absolutely fascinating. And the fact that you've managed to do it in four lessons and the whole um, the whole uh, framework from uh, of Fossil it, is quite fascinating because a lot of the time we go, you know, it, it's that time factor, isn't it? How do we how do we get the whole process through? Do you think, Julie, if you introduced um, Fossil again to that same year group? but within a, a different topic would the do you think the work would be as much because you know is it would it be as big a task a second time round with those same students it, i think in many ways that it that it would because each time you you introduce a different topic you've still got to do all the groundwork, even though the framework is the same. So I think it would. I think if we did this again next academic year, which we will, 
by the way, Emma, <laughs> just in case she was wondering, um, if we if we did this again with masks and masquerade, um, it wouldn't be quite as much work because the groundwork has already been done, but the outcomes might be different because they're different people. They're different pupils. So I've taught, for example, Shakespeare's play Macbeth uh, for more than 25 years consecutively. And every time I do it, it's different. And although I don't have to put in as much groundwork, I, what you have to do as a teacher is you, you, you prepare and adapt before and after and sometimes during each lesson. And I think for Emma as a librarian, one of the things that was challenging for her was that process of, of, of adapting in the moment um, but it was also quite liberating and freeing for me because I didn't have to be, I didn't have to be kind of teachery about the whole subject. I mean, I was just delighted. Whatever happened, it was just a process of delight, really. So um, I, I would want to do it again next year. I would want to do it with another year group. So as Emma said earlier, you, you have to take small steps if you want to embed this more in your school. And I think what would be really nice would be maybe to try it with, um, with a new, to do this again with year eight next year and to bring in something maybe that we could do on a completely different topic using the library lessons in year seven. Okay, so that's really interesting. So you're saying that having run it once with year eight then actually to run it again with the next year eight is because the groundwork has been done that in itself wouldn't be as big there'll be adaptation there'll be um bringing in something a bit different obviously challenging because the students are slightly different um but the groundwork has been done so the next piece of groundwork needs to be with year seven i think that's really fascinating that you've chosen yes that you a that you chose year eight first but then, but then you are taking it back a step rather than going on to year nine. I suppose year nine is possibly a bit more challenging. Do they start getting ready for the GCSEs? And, and you know, do, is, it, is year nine a, a more um, exam-based year? Yes, it is in our school. They don't have the fortnightly library lessons at, in year nine. They only have them in year seven and eight, regrettably. Because year nine for English is regarded as a pre-GCSE year. Um, and so we have to, again, we're, we're, we're being driven by the curriculum and the demands of high state testing, really. Um, OK, so, so let me just ask you one question. At the right at the beginning, you said that the outcome of this year eight project I think you would use the word was outstanding. What 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 was so special about the outcomes of of running this session, these, these sessions with the year eights? Normally, as an English teacher, I am moving them towards the end of each half term. They have a test called a tracking test. So a lot of what we do is very English skills based and it's moving them all towards a test, which is 
in many ways not it's quite unsatisfactory and there's not a lot of pleasure in it either for me as a teacher I think in in my you know I've been teaching for more than 25 years now and, and I've seen that get worse increase the pressure really so it was very liberating for me as a teacher to not be moving them towards something that was going to be tested and examined and so we what was really interesting was that uh, there were lots of different um, learning styles and learning needs in the class and a lot of the pupils made uh, uh, learned things that were more creative based a lot of them learned things that were very personal to them and previous experiences that they'd had um, it was just so it was just fascinating when they were talking about what they'd gained from it really it was it was a very personal learning process that they don't necessarily get through timetabled lessons uh, it's absolutely fascinating and, and Ruth has just put her hand up just as I was about to say Ruth do you want to ask a question <laughs> um uh just before Ruth, you speak Ruth I just want to invite anybody else who's listening if you do want to join in and ask a question or tell us about your experience with inquiry please just request to speak and and I will invite you up um but Ruth what what's your question what do you want to or what do you want to say well so it, it's an interesting point to think that this is my feeling about inquiry that it you know, I haven't yet experienced it in, in this comprehensive way because it seems to be so difficult to embed in a curriculum where we are just test, teaching to tests. But actually, I, I don't know, I'm not a teacher, but it, it seems to me that a given time, which I understand nobody has, there isn't any inherent reason why we couldn't use it to teach the facts that we want or, or to get the kids to find out the facts that they need to learn for the test. Um, is that the case? Do you agree, Julie, that, that, it's, that there's nothing inherent about inquiry that makes it unsuited to, for example, the GCSE syllabus? Or is it that the GCSE syllabus is almost the opposite of inquiry and is just learn these things and regurgitate them. <laughs> I'm there, I'm there. Sorry, I couldn't get myself to unmute. Um, the problem with the GCSEs, for example, and the A-levels is that they are very content heavy. And so you are literally delivering knowledge right up and in some cases literally a few weeks before they actually sit the GCSEs there is literally so much to get through that there isn't there isn't the time and schools won't take that risk because these are such high stakes tests there isn't anything wrong with inquiry per se but I think it's when in the school year do you offer pupils an opportunity to experience it? So we're really lucky in that Emma delivers the fortnightly library lessons at year seven and eight. But we're fast approaching the end of an academic year. 
And I, I'm going to say this, and I just know that Emma will do eye-rolling now. We have a lot of subjects now who will start doing projects, and I say that word in inverted commas, and it'll be like, oh, we're going to get the pupils to do a project on X in X subject. And basically, that means that they go onto Google and they download stuff and they do a bit of cut and pasting and they might stick it on a bit of paper and they might colour something in. And it just drives Emma and I to despair that there are times in the school year when you could offer something like Emma put together for the for the inquiry with the year eight, when you could you could do that. The other issue is that you have to get your senior management on board with it. Um, and they need to see and experience what's happening as well. And I, I think that that's another frustration. So it isn't that there's anything wrong with inquiry per se. It's the demands of the national curriculum. I mean, we've just come out of the, hopefully, God willing, the worst of the pandemic. And if we were ever going to overhaul the national curriculum, now would be the moment to do it. And I have an awful feeling that that's just not going to happen, to be honest with you, because everyone's now like, oh, you know, high stakes testing, kids are stressed, exam results, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so there we go. So if in a, you know, if in a world we were able to say okay we'll cut the content of GCSEs in half is it that inquiry takes longer to get to the same result or is it that you don't know where the inquiry is going to take them so you can't guarantee that they will discover the content that you would need them to discover for an exam does that make sense yeah the latter you don't know you don't know where it's going to take them um, with regard to the content for an exam. And, and in some ways, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel comfortable at the moment using inquiry for, for anything that was positioning pupils towards an exam. You'd have to be in a fairly liberated educational environment yeah. for, for that. For that to happen, that would require a massive overhaul of the national curriculum. I'm not saying I don't want it; I just can't. No, but hope. Yeah. yeah, I can't see that happening at the moment because you don't know where they, you don't know where, you don't know where they're going to go with it. Which is the whole point of doing it is that yeah. you don't want them to be sent down the same narrow pathway. I, 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 I just can't forget the last lesson that we had. And they'd all kind of gathered something different from it. I mean, Emma will tell you, for me as a teacher, that was quite extraordinary, really. Normally, they're all going to get exactly the same thing out of it to a lesser or, or, or same degree. But with this, everyone took something different away. That doesn't normally happen. Yeah, I mean, it was because our the challenge was to create a product at the by the end of the inquiry. So by lesson four, they were to bring um, a, a, an artifact, basically a mask, um, showing what they'd learn and what kind of they could choose what mask 
style and where they'd wear it and the reason they'd wear it so it, whether it be a medical reason or going into battle or if it was for a masquerade ball so we'd, we'd run through all these different themes and we just allowed them to develop and build on their knowledge so one boy created a manga mask from the Naruto series and he'd actually papa mache and created his own because we gave them mask molds to help them create the mask which they took over the Easter holidays but he'd done that and then we had um, a really incredible, um, beautiful, like a tropical bird from Brazil for the Mardi Gras, where they wear masks, so one girl produced, and then um, a cat mask, which they wear at the Venetian um, Festival. Um, so it was just all, whatever they wanted, they went with. And that was really incredible to see. And they'd all written paragraphs to explain their decisions and also reference the uh, sources that, or a source at least, that they'd used to influence and develop their uh, knowledge of that area of mass that they wanted to produce. So, yeah, it was really lovely to see. It sounds amazing. It sounds absolutely amazing. One thing that's come to mind, I'm going to bring Sabrina in because she's she's come up, but hopefully she'll she'll talk in a minute. But I just wanted to say that that um, on the fossil forum, um, there is a a lab an example of fossil being used during an A level um, uh, topic. Um, I heard the presentation that Jenny, so Jenny Turian was the librarian that supported Chris. Foster, I think that's the name, um, and the two of them worked together in order to achieve this. He said that it was possible to teach the content that these students needed to to sit their A level exam, and he would not look back. But but I agree with you, Julie. It takes you know it, it's it it feels like a huge risk. I would imagine that if you didn't have a librarian that you you could 100% guarantee you know work with you know a level certainly wouldn't be my top my area of choice to to hit first um but I do see and I think there is evidence going to come from uh Blanchland and and Daryl and Jenny working together to to show that inquiry can be used all the way through GCSE and a levels and I'm I will be fascinated to to see where that goes and how it happens, because I think your excitement that we're getting through this evening about about how your students engaged and what they learned and what they brought to it just is is really inspiring. Um, Sabrina, can I just bring you back in a second? Can I bring Sabrina in? You've been waiting a long time. Hi, welcome to talk. Glad you could join us this evening. Hi, everyone. Um, don't worry, I don't mind waiting. It's OK. Um, I'm quite new to fossil and sort of learning through inquiry and all that. So I'm curious if I can sort of gently bring my students into doing this. I have a lot of year seven and eights that are really reluctant to be let loose, as it were. I mean, I'm trying to do creative writing with them and they just look at me like I've asked them to stand in front of a speeding train or something. They look terrified. So the idea of giving them an inquiry, I think, would absolutely scare loads of them off. Um, but I'm wondering if, it, if it's something I could do um, as a small section, just like for a lesson, just introduce a very small aspect that they could go and look on uh, on their own. Because um, I don't get very long with them if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, sorry, so, so I, I've got Gwen Emma, are you going to jump in? 
I was just going to say that I didn't actually tell and Julie didn't say to the students, this is fossil inquiry based learning. And I didn't and I, I, I don't I'm sure other librarians and teachers do actually run through the framework. But I because we only had four lessons, I just thought it would scare them all the language like, you know, inquiry based learning and um, wonder and investigate. I just I kind of used terminology. I didn't sometimes didn't even use it, just said we're we're studying masks and masquerade just so they didn't they weren't intimidated by it basically okay right limit the language got you <laughs> I, i'm gonna bring i'm gonna bring julie back in you've had your hand up for a little while i mean I, if you get an opportunity to do it sabrina then i would encourage you because what i wanted to say was i i've known this year eight class for for two years you know i've had them all through year seven and through year eight um, but what was really interesting was that my expectations about the pupils completely shifted during these lessons. So there was one pupil who um, I think one of the first tasks um, that Emma asked was um, them to do in the booklets was um, uh, like name superheroes. Um, and this one pupil, I mean, I, I just can't tell you how many he was able to name. And so he he suddenly shifted his 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 positioning in the class from someone who's normally seen as um, a bit of a kind of, you know, cheeky chappy. He suddenly positioned himself as an expert. And that uh, when I saw that happen, I, I was completely sold at that point. Um and that happened with other students as well, because um, so, for example, we have a, a pupil who is fairly new to the school and doesn't have English as a first language. Um, but he was able to draw on um, his own Asian heritage. Um, and so we all learned about his heritage with regards to masks and things. Um, and people were able to bring in their own experiences of, of having been to festivals and been to Venice and all sorts of different things, really. So normally as a teacher, you, you, you have an expectation of the pupils of what their capabilities are. And within the first lesson of having done this, that had, that had shifted totally. That, that for me was, was, was quite powerful and I think was very transformative for the pupils as well. So do you think it, it was the fact that you based it or, or started it on, on what they already knew so that they could bring their own? I suppose I suppose what I'm saying is normally, I suppose, when you teach, you, t you tend to um, tell them what they need to know in order for, for them to be able to have the knowledge. Uh, and this sort of changes it on its head, doesn't it? Because when you do the connect part of Fossil, you're asking them what do they already know and actually it, it's fascinating that that students have far more knowledge than we you know or, or should, should I not say we I currently um, expected when I was stood in front of a class and it just is fascinating what the students themselves bring to this isn't it it's like you say students that were not able to be um competing in a normal setting and with an inquiry it sort of brings something else out of them doesn't it um if anybody wants else wants to join in this discussion please just request to speak and we will invite you up if you have a question
for either Emma or Julie about inquiry-based learning, um, you're more than welcome to come up and ask. Um, I'm going to, to ask um, a couple of more questions. Um, so, so do you think Fossil really helped with this process and why? I know that Emma said that she chose Fossil because it was something that she was familiar with. And I think that that is certainly something that is 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 how I've gone down the fossil route. It's there are other frameworks, but it is something that I'm now would class myself as an expert in. So therefore, you know, that's that it just makes sense to use it. Um, do you think do you think the fossil understanding the fossil process as a school librarian made a difference to you working within inquiry with Julie? That was for Emma. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, so, I, I mean, I have been looking at it for quite a while, the fossil framework and the six stages, uh, you know, the cycle. And um, I didn't fully understand it until I did it. So it, it really made so much more sense practically doing it. And I don't, I think when you read it on screen and, um, you know, I, I've been reading books about it and studying it, I, it doesn't come to life until you actually do it in the practical, how the stages relate and move on to the next. I, I mean, I really like the, the final part where it, you move from constructing to expressing and reflecting I think I've got that in the right order and I, I that just was this moved kind of seamlessly through as students learn had had done the investigation and then they could um, put together what they'd learned and then they expressed it through the mask in our case and then the reflection which was it was just a logical process and it was really nice to see that learning process in action which I I know what that's what's so great about having a framework is that it puts in concrete how you and it's it's quite reassuring to have that as you um run with an inquiry project because you you know where you are and the, there's that idea that you can move back as well if you need to ask more questions if you need to move back a stage or um so I found that I learned through doing it basically and I it became a lot clearer um in my head anyway and I don't think as I said I didn't really explicitly say it to the students where they were or what they were where they were in the cycle but I think they they could they felt it as well that it was a natural process because I, 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 I hope that answers your question yeah it, it's interesting because construct is probably my favorite part of the of the cycle um having watched numerous teachers teach um like in inverted commas projects um where all of the information is, is just regurgitated and put on a poster. Um, actually asking students to construct where they have to make a decision in order to answer their question, whether they need all of the stuff that they've found, is an interesting concept for students. Um, that it, when you watch students go through that process, that, that which bits are useful, which bits are interesting, which bits don't I need? It's, it's, you know, teachers are constantly telling students to read around the subject. And actually what the fossil framework for me allowed was students to do that without actually realising that that's what they were doing up until they actually got to the stage where they were going to present something or they were going to write something and actually not use it all. And I think for me that that's where um, fossil 
brings it together and brings it to life. Julie, can I bring you back in? Yes, thank you. For me, it was the reflect aspect that I found the most interesting because what Emma had done with, uh, with, with, with the booklet that she put together was that the pupils had an opportunity to do some peer assessment and reflection. Um, and they don't often get that opportunity. So, so there were questions like, you know, what, um, what I really liked about your mask is and um, what I suggest you could change about your mask is. Um, and then there was the individual self-assessment and it asked them questions like what I found hardest, what I did well, what I would do better next time. And as a subject teacher, they don't get that process of self-reflection. It's, it's either kind of tick right or cross wrong. Um, they, they, they learn facts, they learn stuff but they don't have many opportunities to truly reflect upon their own learning process. So for me, watching them towards the end, that was one of the things that I found really interesting. One of the things I'd just like to ask you, Julie, while we've got you on, is that those students, have you seen a difference in them going forward? Um I know it's very, very early days, but it would be really interesting to know whether whether what they did with you during that inquiry, has it rubbed off? Has has Have they taken anything from it? Or do you think that that's just that package, that that dollop of, of inquiry um, experience uh, and, and it will be forgotten? Or do you think that, that there's, they have got something to take forward? I would hope that they've got something to take forward, but we haven't had an opportunity to actually establish if that is the case or not. So that's not necessarily something that you can quantify, but I wouldn't want to quantify if that makes sense. I, I was just glad that they, I mean, without a doubt, they had a really positive experience. I I would suggest that it has altered their perception of Emma as the school librarian, that she isn't just somebody who sits behind an issue counter. And she, I know I'm not meant to say this about librarians and go shush. Okay, she doesn't go shush, just to make clear. Um, but their, their understanding that that she can provide them with skills um, and that she can direct them with their learning in a way that it wasn't me that was doing it. Um, and so I, I think that that would be something that would be more easy to spot. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the only way to do that would be to check in with them next, next year in year nine um, and maybe see 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 what's happening with them. I mean, maybe Emma, maybe that's something we should do. Maybe as a follow up, we need to we need to give them some kind of questionnaire and 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 ask them in some way. Yeah, I mean that would be really interesting. I, I was just thinking uh, another inquiry with them, but I realise that by year nine they just don't have the time, which is such a shame. But yeah. 
I think it's fascinating that 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 the perception of the school librarian has has changed because they've seen Emma in a teaching role um, within a within a classroom set. No, you said it was in the library setting, didn't you, Emma? Not in the classroom, but still in as a teaching role. Yes, definitely. And but a massive part of that was with Julie there. I mean, it added weight and gravitas gravitas to what I was doing because they you know really respect Julie as an English teacher so to have her there instantly added that kind of right this is important we need to we're learning now as opposed to oh the librarian is just doing this funny uh, this add-on project it really was that that's why I think the collaboration between a teacher and librarian doing it together is so important as opposed to just one of us doing it having both there. I think it's it is absolutely without question makes the difference to students seeing you in that role. Uh, I wonder, have you had any of the students? Again, it's early days, isn't it? But but it'll be interesting going forward to see whether any of those students come in to the school library and treat you slightly differently. Um, you know, when they're looking for something or whether or or you know, are struggling with research or or whatever. I just wonder whether that that will the experience they've had during the inquiry maybe will have changed that perception of you as well you know beyond the the classroom based stuff to to just when you're in the library I just yeah, yeah it's going to be fascinating yes yeah I, I'm not I don't really know yet just because there's so much going on and uh, we I mean we finished this at the beginning of of this summer term actually we finished the whole inquiry but I mean they're they're really nice engaged uh, students anyway so they they've always been kind of uh, quite familiar with the library anyway more so than some classes but yeah it would be interesting to see how they how they use the library going forward. Can I bring Julie back in? I think what you said Elizabeth about the role of the librarian and the collaboration side as the teacher you have to model the respect for the school librarian and you have to constantly reinforce that not all schools have a library and not all schools have a qualified librarian and that this is a profession and that this is a skill um and and i i wouldn't say like i go on about it but i am quite firm with my classes that we are very privileged to have Emma as the school librarian and I and I think that's one of the things that you 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 have to have that because not all colleagues do that some colleagues in the library lesson just sit there and don't engage and take their marking with them and I I, I, I find that quite disrespectful because that's not that's not modeling for the pupils. I also think that, as Emma said earlier, she didn't she didn't use a lot of the kind of meta language of the inquiry process, but we were very open with the pupils that this was something new, this was something different, this was something special, um, and um, we were just going to go with it. And I think it was also quite freeing for them to see that, you know, Sometimes we might have to do a bit of a U-turn or a bit of a swerve or something during the lessons. Um, but that was all part of the fun of it, really. So I think, again, that, that was part of the kind of freeing and the engagement of the whole process. Absolutely. I think, it, I think it's fascinating. I've just noticed that it's five to eight already. 
you know, I, we could obviously talk for for a lot longer than we just have. Um, and maybe the two of you will come back and, and talk to us again at some point. Um, I just want to, because I'm going to finish at eight o'clock, I just want to um, highlight that this is Library Staff Love Learning Twitter Spaces. Ruth Maloney and I, um, we meet every other week during term time to discuss school library related topics. Um, we're going to finish this year on the 4th of July, um, which is in two weeks time. And we're going to be focusing on uh, reflecting back and looking forward. What have you, you know, what's gone well with your school year? Um, what are your plans for next year? Um, we just want to have a celebration of school libraries. So if you want to come and join us with that, please check out um, our Twitter feeds because we'll be sharing it. Um, if you want to know more about me, I am a school librarian who, who are, no, I'm not, not anymore. I'm a trainer and advisor for school libraries. You can find me on my website, elizabethahutchinson.com. Um, and I want to round off today by giving um, our speakers a chance to um, say one final thing before we close. So, um, Ruth, what can I can I ask you to come in and just say what your final thoughts are for this evening? I think it's been really interesting and really inspirational. And actually, you know, it reminds me how lucky I am to work with the IB curriculum, which you know, is very much easier to persuade the teachers that inquiry is a good thing because that's very much the way the IB approaches um, school. Um, and now I just need to actually get in and actually be able to get involved with those inquiries instead of just, you know, knowing that we could do it and seeing opportunities. Um, and so I shall take this as inspiration and uh, try better next year <laughs> thanks Ruth um Sabrina do you want to have one last word before we go uh well I'm definitely going to give this a go um I'm basically left on my own in the library so I'm going to do this because I can there we go so thanks so much <laughs> <laughs> thanks Sabrina um and Julie do you have other parting remark be bold just do it support your school librarian there we go Fantastic. Thank you, Julie. And what about Emma? Um, the same and start small um, and the inquiry benefits all involved. So the librarian, the teacher and the students. And it's a really great way of learning in schools. OK, thank you. I've just got Ruth wanting to jump back in. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Very quickly before we go. Um, Julie, are you sharing this with your teaching colleagues? Because it feels to me like we're converted and we were converted before, perhaps. Um, I would love to see, hear this conversation. I would love to hear teachers coming to me and saying, I've heard about this. Can we do it instead of the other way around? Um, I'd love to have that conversation with fellow teachers. Um, but so long as I had Emma <laughs> at my side to be able to have that with, I, I, I would like to be able to do that. But um, as Emma said, I think we, um, I think we have to start, start small um, and be in it for the long haul. I don't think it's something that you can just, just bring in and, and go all guns blazing because um, schools can be quite slow to change and to seize the initiative. But um, yeah, together, um, 
I, I, I've often, whenever, whenever Emma and I have been presenting together at conferences, I, I, I very quickly picked up on the fact that the idea of a teacher and a librarian working and collaborating and presenting together, um, I used to joke and say, used to make me feel like we were unicorns because that seems to be such a rare thing. So um, we'll have to carry on being unicorns for a while, and then um, and then and then see see what happens from there. Brilliant! Thank you very much. Absolutely, and I think I think that rounds it off beautifully. I think the fact that we do need to start small. I think the more evidence we have of these collaborations working, that the librarian being a a valued member of staff within a school. Um, it is all part and parcel of this, isn't it? So, so you know, I really must thank Julie for joining us this evening, and Emma, thank you so much for your time. Um, I'm going to bring us to a close. A minute to go. I'm doing really well this evening. Um, so, so please, if you want to join us again, Fourth um, of July, reflecting back and looking forward, <laughs> we will see you all again soon. Thanks very much for this evening, and good night. Good night. Night. Good night.